Welcome to the 21st episode of the All That Podcast. Today we have a guest like none other we've had so far. Um, Miss Tony Marinucci from New York City. <laughs> um, she is a registered dietitian, so it's definitely different from what we had on here. But, you know, I love variety and I think she can bring some value to you guys uh, with her knowledge <clears throat> that she has. So, hi, Miss Tony. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm happy to have you. Guys, we had a little mix-up earlier, had a little time, um, not a time conflict, but a time misunderstanding. <laughs> so, um, but we're here. We're finally here. Thank you for your patience once again with me. My pleasure. No problem at all. All right. So, let's just jump into it. How did you get started on this journey like because uh, nobody like no child is like oh i want to be a dietitian when i grow up <laughs> so uh, very so, true right <laughs> so how, i wanted to be a, i wanted to be a dancer actually but <laughs> you wanted to be a dancer uh, yeah. oh, wow. at first i wanted to be a dancer and then i was like mm -hmm. let's, <laughs> let's try something a little bit more practical <laughs> right I'm, by the way, side note, I am the third best dancer of all time. You're the third best dancer. Ever. Who, who is, so first would be Michael Jackson. Correct. And second. I'm, I'm going to... I wonder who to, your second is. I'm going to give Chris Brown second. I was going to say, I was going to say Chris Brown because yeah. what about Usher? Does he fall on there? Uh, he's somewhere, but he's behind me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely I was like the on the biggest list. Usher fan as a kid. I love Usher. Great songs. He when, is, when it comes oh to dancing, gosh. he has nothing on me. <laughs> but right, uh, I have to, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh oh. So I'm gonna have to post some videos on Instagram for you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So how does dietitian come about? So I grew up overweight as a kid. I was part of a Greek and Italian family, and food was like love and energy and just like it was abundant and we were blessed but it was definitely something that at some point became a problem because you know, as you know with being overweight there's complications and luckily I was never diagnosed with any medical conditions um but I def I did play sports I played basketball volleyball I threw shot put in discus and as I got older I got more competitive and I really wanted to get, like, I wanted to be on varsity as in the ninth grade. Like, I didn't want to wait till I was, you know, the juniors could play on varsity. I really wanted to compete, and I felt like my weight was holding me back. So, like, my skills were there, but when it came to running that mile and tryouts, oh, my gosh, my weight definitely held me back. Um, my eating habits were not great at all. And I realized that if I really wanted to progress in my sport, I would have to change my eating habits. So I began changing my eating habits. Um, and what I also didn't tell people at the time was I really struggled with poor self-body image issues. I got made fun of as a kid for my weight. Um, it really was something that, I, to be honest, it didn't bother me until people really started kept pointing it out to me. And then I realized, like, okay, well, so, like, this could help me in my sports, and then maybe it'll get people to stop picking on me. Like, who knows? Mm -hmm. So I just, like, started changing the way that I ate. And to my surprise, like, I gained, I gained more energy. My athletic performance definitely improved. 
But more importantly, like my self-confidence improved and I noticed that I was happier. You know, there were times I struggled with a little bit of depression and never really feeling like I could talk about my problems and I really had to kind of figure it out on my own. And nutrition and exercise really became that outlet for me. And it's the way that I decided to cope with everything that I was going through. Um, and I decided to use it as like a healthy outlet. And because of the benefits that I gained from it, I realized like I want to teach people how to do this. So I went to my guidance counselor, who was like a junior in high school, and I said to her, like, I want to be, I want to help people how to eat better. And she's like, oh, you want to be a dietitian? And I was like, okay, I guess so. And so I started applying to schools that only majored in dietetics. And then, you know, that was kind of history. I ended up getting my master's in nutrition and dietetics. So I became a registered dietitian and been practicing for like five years now. And I've just, the world of dietetics is so much larger than most people think. So it's really been an amazing journey. So I get to live the lifestyle that I love to live and then make it like my, my career, which is like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um <clears throat> What do you think is a misunderstanding of dieting? Because people, myself included probably, <laughs> um, you know, stray away from dieting or whatever because it's like, man, I want to eat what I want to eat. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard people say, like, you can actually eat what you want to eat. It's just, you know, I guess doing it in uh, moderation. So could you expound on uh, some of the myths about dieting that's not necessarily true yes absolutely so the term diet simply means the food that we eat like the food that we eat what that consists of that's what a diet is so some people are prescribed medical diets because they have diabetes or they have high blood pressure or have high cholesterol so therefore they have to follow some sort of restriction or regimen in order to, if they don't want to take medicine or if they want to wean themselves off the medicine, they're under a doctor's care and they're seeing a dietitian. So that's where that term diet and restriction kind of really do come from. Um, and that's how it should be utilized. But unfortunately, we live in a society where people are also like, if you look in the, the media, everyone wants to be like either super thin or now thick size or whatever it is popular at the time. Mm-hmm. And so now these quote unquote diets are developed not based off of science, but one thing that you should note is that registered dietitians, we only give advice based off of science. So we, like, a really, really um, extensive, like, we go through a lot of a lot of coursework to give out the recommendations that we give. We don't just, like, look up on what's popular in the media and just tell people to do that. Like, everything we give is based off science. So sometimes people will kind of just see what, read and something that they see on the Internet, and what on the Internet is people are just trying to get your money. So they're just going to, like, sell you something, whether it's a pill or a supplement or, you know, a fad diet, something quick where they think that you can, you don't have to, you know, I mean, like, the biggest thing is lose weight without having to diet and exercise. Well, we know that if we actually want to lose weight, it has to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. And that's where developing healthier eating habits and behaviors and being able to balance the foods that you like with foods that are a little bit more nutritious that align with your goals like that's the biggest difference between what the perceived perception of a diet is which is restriction versus when you work with a dietitian a dietitian will teach you what foods you should include and what foods you need to maybe limit but not exclude in order to help you reach your goals right um 
I feel like millennials are like catching on on certain things faster than you know <clears throat> the generation before us. As far as you know, fitness and um, you know lifestyle, not necessarily working nine to five, et cetera, et cetera. Have you been successful at getting children to buy in to eating healthy? Okay, so when you when you're talking about working with the children population, mm-hmm. you're really actually talking about working with the parents. That makes sense because. <laughs> Uh, to be honest, like I um, and I can, this is like personal experience, and then also working. I've worked for um, like places like Head Start. I've worked for. I've done like talks at daycare centers, um, you know, preschools, all that stuff. And every single time, it's like if the par- the parents, it's like if you're if you're drinking soda and you tell your child that they can't have soda and they watch you drink soda, is that going to work? Is that effective? Not right? at all. Like it does, it's, it just doesn't even make any sense. So it really needs to be a family effort. So working with kids, the, the greatest part about kids is they are open to learning. They are open to trying new things. They're not set in their ways yet. And they enjoy healthy food and they enjoy, you know, creating recipes and, um, you know, doing different things. And whenever I work with the kids, they're always very engaged and they really want to learn more about nutrition. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is like I can't go home with them. Right. So, you know, it, it, the people you surround yourself with are usually the people that influence you the most. So, right. you know, like I was saying earlier, like growing up, um, as active as I was, after basketball practice, my parents would drive me through McDonald's and Wendy's and KFC and like fast food was a big staple in my diet. My mom was, was Greek and Italian, so we did also have like really, really great homey cooked stuff, but portions were just ginormous all the time. Right. So I grew up, you know, having a balance between like home cooked meals and fast food. But like when I tell you I had a big had big mac and large fries at like the age of ten years old, like and would put that down like it was nothing. Like I really did that. Like and that's what I grew up seeing and no one stopped me. And then it would be like after dinner it was having dessert with my father who I absolutely loved. And like that was like our bonding time. So there, there was just a lot kind of in there, and it, it wasn't, they didn't mean to kind of teach me the wrong way of eating, but at a certain point, it wasn't until, you know, I started doing my own little research. I, I was, like, 14. I was, like, telling my mom, I just want more vegetables. I don't want to go to fast food anymore. Like, I started to speak up a little bit, and then it wasn't really until I went away to college where I felt like I could really take control of my health because it was only up to me, and so most people go to college and they gained 15 pounds, but I went to college and I lost 15 pounds because I made the decision and it was finally in my control. But up until that point, there was only there were certain things that I was restricted to or limited to because it wasn't really up to me. It was kind of up to where I was living and who was around me, and there was only so much that I could do with the certain circumstances. So I think children have kind of they have opportunities to change, but there are limitations there because they need the support system in order to be successful. Right. Speaking of influences, when you decided to go, you say you were 14, uh-huh. when you really started um, trying to change your eating habits, when you made that choice, did you see um, immediately or over time a change in your family's eating habits because of your choice? Great, great question. Mm-hmm. It definitely, like, it was a little bit more and more over time. And even now, they eat so much healthier 
when I'm around. And then people tell me all the time, they're like, when I'm with you, I just want to eat better. Like, I, I don't judge anyone. You can eat whatever you want around me. I'm not judging you. Like, everyone has their own goals and values and lifestyle choices and all that. But it, it, there's definitely that huge power and influence. And my family definitely started to make those changes um, as a result. Wow. That's good. <laughs> That's yeah. Good. That's good. That's really good. Um. Okay, I want to ask a little bit of personal questions. Not personal as in personal, invading your privacy. I'm just asking for myself. Now, sure. I'm someone who ha- I have eczema. And you have I'm pre- what? I'm sorry? I have eczema. Eczema? Okay. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure, you know, people listening might have it or some kind of skin problem. Um, can you um, expound on how important... <laughs> your diet is or your eating habits are to maintaining healthy skin and give tips on what we can do to um, uh, have healthy skin. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. First things first that I think people need to know is that your skin is the largest organ in your body. And it is one that detoxifies the body. So our liver detoxes us, our kidneys detoxes us, our skin is major, and so large part that helps with detoxification. And so all those things that you read about detoxing and detoxing, we don't need them. Our bodies are, are do that for us naturally. Now the thing is, is that we have to treat our bodies and fuel our bodies appropriately so it can work in our favor and do its job. And so eating a lot more like fruits and vegetables, staying hydrated with water, that's always going to benefit the skin. When it comes to something like eczema or psoriasis, you know, there's studies there. They're not 100% strong, but a lot of people who do have skin conditions usually benefit from being either gluten-free or Mm -hmm. lactose-free or eliminating dairy in the diet. Now, everyone is different, but it's it's definitely something you might want to try. But initially, if you're kind of that person who just has a really, really poor diet and you eat a lot of processed food, my first thing I probably recommend to someone is just kind of eliminate that processed food, incorporate more whole foods, and drink more water, and see if that does anything to your skin and improves. If it still doesn't, then you can go on going like that gluten-free route or that dairy-free route. But like anybody that I work with, it's very individualized to the person, and I always believe in let's work on how do we include more nutritious foods rather than having to take away a whole bunch of stuff, um, especially something like gluten, which has this reputation of that people go gluten-free because they think it's, like, super healthy and it's, like, the, the fast track to weight loss. But to be honest, removing gluten from the diet only benefits people who have autoimmune conditions or inflammatory conditions, and it might not be necessary and when you remove gluten, it doesn't necessarily make it healthy. So that's where we, it's important to work with a dietitian kind of one-on-one to figure out, is this worth including or excluding from my diet? Because no gluten means no pizza, which means no family time, which you're, which you're used to doing. And, like, it kind of correlates into so many other areas. And so there's important to have that support system to know if it's worth going that route or not. Right. That was valuable information. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I always say that social media is a game changer. Actually, this interview happened because of social media. Um, yeah. And I love your videos on your page. How, Thank you. <laughs> I love them. Um, how has social media changed? Oh, my 
gosh. your life, one, and how has it changed your business? Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> much. So. Okay, so back story, when I was a junior in college, I was studying to become a registered dietitian, and I was getting so frustrated, like, scrolling down my newsfeed and seeing, like, buy this supplement and lose 14 pounds and, like, don't do anything and, like, all these new diets coming out, like, take this, um, try this detox diet, like, all that stuff, you know, like, that, that there's no, there's nothing, one thing that I always tell people is that anything you do short-term will only produce short-term results, so we want to figure out, like, how we can change your eating habits long-term and really just commit to a healthier lifestyle, that's kind of going to be your best bet starting out. And so I was a junior in college and I got really frustrated with seeing all kind of the quote-unquote BS on there. And rather than, you know, getting on my page, getting on social media and, like, putting down all of these things, I decided, you know what, I'm going to create my own blog and I'm just going to be the nutrition expert. At that time, I wasn't a registered dietitian yet, but being a dietitian is to take the minimum of five years to get your credentials. Wow. And we really, we really, it's a lot of school. And so I knew that I was already halfway done. So I knew I already knew more than a lot of people. And I knew that I would be able to provide better, more reliable information. So I was like, you know what, instead of putting these people down, because that's just not my style, I'm just going to be really good at what I do. And hope that that attracts people and people trusted me and just go to me for the nutrition information. So I started blogging in my junior year in college. I started with a YouTube channel. It's called Tips with Tony. And I just created, started creating videos and I started getting positive feedback. So it made me want to do it more. And honestly, blogging for me initially was, I just did it on my free time. And then because I lived the lifestyle, it became kind of easy to start just documenting, oh, this is what I'm eating, or this is the workout I'm doing, and just kind of showing people. And then eventually I realized, like, okay, so I was, as a dietitian, I was working, and I still worked full-time for another, for a corporation. I worked in hospitals, I worked in nursing homes, I worked... For pretty much anywhere, I've worked in eating disorder clinics. I've worked for pretty much anywhere you would hire a dietitian. I've worked for them. Mm-hmm. And I've got, like, all this experience under my belt. And then finally I was like, you know what? I blog on my free time, which was very minimal. <laughs> like, right. I, I, like, blog whenever I can. Um, and I'm doing it without, you know, without any compensation. I was like, why don't I just start building my own business and using social media kind of as my platform and so, actually, of the January of this year, I started doing online nutrition counseling. I got my LLC, and I started taking on clients, and I kind of let all those other jobs of working, like, three or four jobs as a dietitian, because I loved it so much. I was like, let me, like, cut back on my hours working for other people, and invest right. that into myself. <laughs> and so, I started, um, so I still work, like I said, I work full-time for a corporation, and then I do my online nutrition counseling on the side. And literally, it's social media is honestly where I connect with people, where I talk with people, where I help them. I give free advice all the time. And then if they fit, if they fit in my program model and my how I like how my business works, mm-hmm. I usually will invite them to a call, and then we end up working together, and I can help them on their nutrition goals. But it's really social media that allows me to have that platform and to to put out what I feel is necessary that needs to be put out right now in this time and. Um, a really great way to connect with others and bring them valuable content right and i love when people like use because platforms 
can be used for so much negativity and we see it all the time but i love yeah. when people choose to use their platform the followers that they have for something positive love it yeah there's way too much negativity in this world we don't need to we don't need to add to that <laughs> exactly um what is like the craziest um turnaround of a health condition that you've seen through like your services like somebody had like high you know high cholesterol or blah 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 and they were able to able to turn it around just because they changed how they ate yeah um, the one that popped out in my mind, and I'm going to try not to cry, um, mm-hmm. it actually wasn't with my own business. Like I said, my own business is relatively new, so people are also working on their journey, um, that I started working with them, but it was from my other job, and I started counseling this guy, he was, he was 28 years old, um, he was obese, and he had multiple sclerosis. So his quality of life was really poor. Like some days he would wake up and he had had he, at 28 years old he had had he had a live-in aid that would have to wash him and bathe him. Wow! Because some days because some days he would wake up and he just wouldn't be able to move. He wouldn't yeah. be able to take care of himself, and he didn't always have MS. So imagine being fully active and capable of life, and then he had gained all this weight, and then somehow developed multiple sclerosis. And then, anyway, so, like, long story short, together, he came to me, he would come to me with his aide, and his aide would sit in, and every session would be a little different, because sometimes he would really be able to communicate, because sometimes with MS, it affects different limbs and parts of your body, but sometimes his mouth would droop, so he couldn't really communicate, so it really was a part of where some, I never really knew how I was going to be able to help him, but I definitely every time was like looking forward to making some sort of improvement so he had enough but he also then got diabetes and then he was put in the hospital and then taken out of the hospital and then he came to see me and then basically i we helped basically together i helped him lose the weight he got off of his diabetes medication and eventually he started going back to the gym again and he was able to exercise and you know with ms it's like the more you move, sometimes that helps. Everyone's different. Um, but it got to a point where he had lost his weight. He was no longer considered obese. And he was didn't need his aid to come see me. Um, and he was able to communicate with me better. And as a result, he was, I mean, it was, he was telling me that he was just happier. And one at one point, he actually mentioned to me that there was a point in his journey where he thought of ending his life. And he was really grateful because now he under, he believes that there is there is more to life, and there, he feels like there's like, there's hope. And so when he said that to me, I just like <laughs> I lost it. I was like, I never cry in seconds, but you got me. Like, you got me on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I can't remember, but <laughs> wow, that's so, an amazing that was, story. That one was like really powerful for me. That's amazing. And it's also a perfect segue into the next question I had. And one aspect of spirituality that people really don't focus on is that there's certain physical things that you can do to, mm-hmm. um, what's the word I'm looking for, to evolve spiritually. 
And, uh-huh. and, and I truly believe that what you put in your body, because your body is your temple. So what you yep. put in your body is definitely, definitely has impact on how you are spiritually. So can you speak to how um, your journey has affected your spirituality? Yeah, I mean, I think that what happens is, is like, I don't know if people, like, mind-body-spirit connection. Like, mm-hmm. they are connected. And so, initially, it started with me improving my body, and then it started with me working on improving my mind. And now I think I, I'm still working on the spiritual part of it. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens is, like, as you start to take care of yourself, your body starts to kind of talk to you. It's like, if you eat really healthy and then you have fast food, you're going to feel sick. Meanwhile, you may have been able to eat that food every day and never notice the symptom. But when you oh, kind of, quote-unquote, kind of cleanse yourself and your body starts to get what it needs, it starts to be able to pick up on things a little bit more. And so I think that what happens with as you start to fuel your body and give it what it needs, it starts to, it starts to open your eyes to other possibilities in life. And I don't... I, I, I don't know how, because everyone believes in, like, a different type of, like, spiritual power or spiritual being and all that stuff, but, like, there's actually a lot of things in yoga. I don't know if you're familiar with, like, yoga, but, like, there's some yoga philosophies. Uh, you know, a lot of yogis, they eat a lot more, like, fruits and vegetables and plants and stuff like that because it really, they really feel like it kind of centers them and balances them out, and I, I mean, I, I believe it because I think it's also an act of self-care. And it's telling yourself, like, okay, like, I'm going to take care of myself by feeding myself better. And you're just, you start to, it starts to translate in, like, other areas in your life. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I can see that. Um, just things like, also, like, if you're eating better, like, you won't be, you have, in, like, natural energy. Um hmm I think you're happier. You're yeah, you're yeah, happier. I think your brain will be moving at like a totally different level than uh-huh. you know when you're putting stuff in your body that you shouldn't be. You're just more alert and more aware to just just life in general. Right. Like you don't you because you're taking care of yourself and you feel good. You you want to do more things that make you feel good. And I think that being a spiritual person obviously feels good. We don't like we're we're if we're like mean and doing things that are like not not great. It doesn't it doesn't help us in any way. Like and so when we start to take care of ourselves, we just want to do more of that. Right. Somebody listening right now to this podcast wants to get started today. Mm-hmm. What advice do you give them? So number one thing is they have to change their mindset. They have to recognize that there's no quick fixes to being healthier, that it is it is a journey. It, 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 it's, a, it's a commitment to a healthy life and that, you know, you don't have to do everything perfectly. So my recommendation always is start small, but be serious about those small changes. So initially I started, first I, I cut out fast food, not cut out, but well, pretty much. I, I eventually didn't have it anymore, but I would have it less and less. Then I started incorporating more vegetables. And then I started um, changing up my breakfast to something more nutritious. Then I started drinking more water. Like, those are all the sort of things that 
you know, they seem small and insignificant when done alone, but they build. I don't know if, you're, if you read any, like, personal development books, but The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy is, like, one of my favorite books. I love Darren Hardy. Mm-hmm. I watch his videos every morning. Um, you can, like, subscribe to his email list and he'll, like, pop up in your email every morning with, like, a, a motivational video. And um, his whole theory is called The Compound Effect and like, how small changes build over time. And that's really what I believe in. And I think that if people focus more on changing their eating habits, and their behaviors, um, you know, listening to their hunger cues, you know, trying not to eat past fullness, not getting themselves to a point where they're absolutely starving. Like, those are all those things that matter so much more than going on, a, like, a quick fix diet plan that they read on the inter- about on the, internet, on the internet. Right. Well, I think that'll do it for our interview, Miss Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, you coming on. No, uh, thank you. Thank you. You gave some very valuable information. I guess before we get out of here, you can tell the people where and how they can contact you, reach you, your Instagram profile. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, my Instagram is at tips underscore with underscore Tony. And that's Tony with an I. I'm really active on Instagram. So, if you send me a message, I'll probably answer. I also have my website, www.tipswithtony.com. Um, you can always email me, tipsitoni at gmail.com. Um, and I'm also on Facebook and YouTube. So anywhere, any of those platforms. And I have a podcast it's called Tips with Tony. The podcast is very much um, exactly like what it sounds like. They're small tips. They're not long conversations. It's just me in like like seven minutes or less giving you advice on like little things you can do uh, throughout your day to improve your health and wellness. There you go, guys. Hit up Tony. She's the real deal. Get your life together. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, Tony, once again. We'll talk soon. Thank you. All thank right. Thank you so much. See ya. <laughs>